Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome, everyone, to The Spiritual Forum. So glad you're here. I have a fantastic guest today, but before I introduce him, just want to remind you to oh, leave a nice rating and review if you're if you love this podcast and share with people. Want to get this out into the world, especially today's conversation. I want to get this voice out into the world of what spiritual living is all about. So let me introduce you to Hans Wilhelm. He's a mystic author and illustrator of over 200 books for all ages, including some together with Byron Katie. His books have sold over 40 million copies and are translated into 30 languages. Hans has recently created over 130 short YouTube videos in which he visually explains the spiritual laws of the universe. And in these videos, you can watch him drawing the dynamics of the laws and also see how all the dots connect. This unique visual presentation has made his videos so successful that they've been watched by over 17 million viewers. And the videos are also available for free at www.lifeexplained.com. So I'm really excited to have Hans with us today. Welcome, Hans. Carol, it's a delight to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Nice meeting you. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you approached me because I did not know that your work existed, and I am really, really in love with it. And I hope that that this podcast uh, launches your message out into the world because your videos. I just can't, I can't even believe that I never thought of of this because just condensing spiritual living, spiritual laws, spiritual teachings into eight minute segments that are really interesting and entertaining is brilliant. Um, so we're going to get into talking about some of these videos later, but I first want to just ask you if you'd be willing to tell us your story and how how, you, how you've grown spiritually, how you found God, and how you've gotten to be this amazing messenger that you are on the planet. Thank you, Carol. Now, as we can hear from my accent, I was I grew up in Germany, and I was always questioning the spirit, uh, the religious material which I grew up in was uh, was Lutheran, and I just didn't think this was all there is. I had my doubts, but I couldn't find anything, and it took me years to find the right path. And then I started to study spirituality for the last what I say fifty some years now, and have done many different paths and studied different teachers and so on. But for the last 40 years or so, I came across a wonderful teaching, I think the highest teaching, which I prefer uh, to see that way. It comes through a woman, a prophetess, if you want to say, Gabriele, whom you probably will not find on the internet, but you can find her books and her television station. But again, this is also without any hierarchy or without membership. The point is that this is a path between God and you, within, so with nobody in between. So it's an inner path, we call it. And uh, that teaching has sort of formed most of what I know and also a lot of what I share. And I was never really intending to share it publicly because my main occupation is right as a writer and illustrator, mostly for children's books. But when my father died and who didn't believe in life after death, I had the opportunity to tell him more or less what he might expect just in case his consciousness survives his death. And he smiled and then a few days later he died. Um, I totally forgot about it. It was only five years later when I happened to come across a medium who came up to me who I've never seen before, met before, and says, 
Uh, Hans, there is a man who wants to speak to you right now. It is your father, and he wants to thank you for everything that you have said, what was going to happen to him when he dies. He didn't believe in anything originally, but I was absolutely spot on with my descriptions of what is going to take place when you die. And he said he is now working on the receiving station of souls that have died. And he sees, he sees so much confusion, so much misinformation, etc. People, the souls are totally confused and even not willing to move on into the light and so on. And he said, would I please write books about this and tell people about what I shared with him? I gave it some thought and I said, I'm not going to write books because books are of this topic are too limited. The audience is very, very limited. Says, and I remembered myself being young and not finding any, there was no internet at the time, any source of uh, information. So I says, I want to approach the young people. So at that time, that was before TikTok, which is 10 years ago, I decided to make short videos. They had to be short because of the, our attention span is so short. So I made very short videos where I explained reincarnation, where I explained the law of rejection, where I explained a lot of all this stuff which we deal with in a day-to-day -day basis from a spiritual perspective. I don't explain it, I draw it. And this is very different. When one visually sees how a character is sort of linking with the other, where you see the dots connecting and I draw it with my hand. Uh, then you see that it suddenly makes much more sense. It's one thing to read spiritual material and abstractly and sort of put it together in your mind versus seeing it really illustrated how all, everything is connecting and everything makes a perfect pattern in our life. So this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years. I thoroughly enjoyed it and it has become rather uh, surprisingly accepted by many people. And the thing, of course, is that they're all free and I don't sell anything in these videos. They are totally just for information. And neither do I have the desire to convince anybody. If somebody likes the material, great. If it helps them on their spiritual path, wonderful. If they don't like the stuff, that is absolutely fine. But from the comments which I read under the um, videos, it is... Uh, predominantly a very positive response. People are suddenly seeing something which deep down they have known all the time, but nobody really explained it to them. And when you say they suddenly saw it visually how it all connected, uh, that makes so much sense to them. And they were so relieved and so grateful to suddenly see that. So this is what I'm doing and have great fun doing it in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I completely get what those comments are saying because I, I am I'm a deeply spiritual person, but I, I can tell when I'm kind of being pulled into the material world and and what's going on out there and it can get kind of ooh. And then I watch one of your videos and I'm even though I, I know in my head that we're all souls and we have these agreements, we're having these experiences, it, it it's like I, you can kind of forget that. But then when I watch your video, it's like, oh, now I know why this is happening, or no, this is okay. It, it immediately draws me into this place where I can experience the other plane that I know exists. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but... Totally. Yeah. I can share you, uh, for a while I lived together in a spiritual community for seven years with other uh, adult people who uh, were thinking of the same line like myself. And we had one thing as well. We also go into our daily life and get busy in our life and forget who we are. And whenever 
one sees another person totally becoming overly worldly and sort of argumentative or egoistic or whatever it is, just a gentle tap on the shoulder with the question, is this really who you are? Do you want to be? That's a simple question. You don't have to answer to the person, but suddenly being tapped on the shoulder, is this really who you are? Whoa, you suddenly wake up and says, no, I'm a divine spiritual being who's just having this experience and get easily lost in this, this kind of drama here on the world. Just this tiny little reminder, and you're right, these videos give us this little reminder that, wow, I'm much more grander, much more magnificent than I, my ego, gives me credit. And I have to remember of who I am. When I do make decisions from this very high awareness of who I am, I decide very differently. I speak differently. I behave very differently. And all I basically, we need to be reminded of who we truly are, these magnificent angelic beings, the perfect daughter or son of God, who just happen to have, quote, fallen, fallen from our absolute reality into this temporary Maya, which is our little world, our ego worlds we are in right now. And that is very confusing. But being reminded once in a, throughout the day or throughout our life is something which is, helps us so much. It's also my biggest uh, help, I would say. Whenever something hits me, something, I say, uh, something which annoys me, this little self-remembering of who I am, and that moment I do that, I think differently, I act differently, all the ego stuff falls off me very quickly. And I suddenly I stand up, take a deep breath, breath is God, and deep breath, and suddenly I decide and think differently, I feel differently, I identify with the higher part of myself versus with my ego part. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that you've really hit the sweet spot for people because you're right. I mean, our attention span is... <laughs> You get a big book. It's like ah, oh, my hour and a half video. Oh, am I gonna watch that? Eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, I can watch eight minutes. And also, your drawings are so beautiful. Um, I, I'm really. I want to get into a couple of these these videos, but I, I'm still kind of interested in. I mean, where you are in your life that you can do this for free. Most people are selling stuff and all of that. So, are you are you like are retired or? Um, how is well, it? How is it? You're, you're so generous. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm retired. I, I love to be, I'm a writer and illustrator, and I still do this. And as I said, as you mentioned, I've got 200 books published, and they have sold millions and millions of copies, and uh, I'm doing fine. Let's put it that way. So uh, I'm, yeah. as, as an author, I was very, very fortunate to come here to America and have this incredible career, which I still enjoy. Okay. And working mostly for children and children book publishers, and uh, I totally, it, it's my life. But I do have free time as well. And don't forget, I make this video for myself predominantly. I'm number one who benefits from it. Okay. Once I read a subject like forgiveness or a law of projection, I want to see myself how the dots connect. So I do these movies for myself so that I see it in my own mind. And once I do draw it out for myself, it's clear. I'm a visual person. That's why I'm an illustrator. I'm a visual person, and that makes sense to me. So I do these videos for myself to remind myself and also to clarify certain points and issues of the spiritual world or reality into my mind, make them clear to myself. Okay, I get it. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I am really interested in your children's books, too. I don't have any grandchildren yet, but when I do, I'm going to get your books. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it's such a great way to teach children about God, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I know I know that uh, 
the one that's looked at an awful lot is Amazing Earth School. And we also talked about talking about the law of projection and forgiveness today. Can you, do you want to give like a little synopsis about the Amazing Earth School so people can kind of understand what model that we're working with? Yeah. If, this is again, as I said earlier, a suggestion. If it doesn't make sense to you, great. If it doesn't make sense. So it is my deep understanding that we are all, as I mentioned earlier, spiritual sons and God, the daughters of a divinity. We are really angel beings. And as in the Bible, although my teaching is not uh, sticking to the Bible, it's beyond that, because I also speak about reincarnation and stuff like that. We have the situation of the fall, the fall of angels, where apparently some, a certain number of high spiritual beings left the, spirit, the spiritual world uh, to live on their own, to live according to their own ego will. And this is the problem where we are right now, basically. We are living here at the moment outside of paradise in our illusion, and we are fighting for survival. And it looks rather serious and it looks rather bad. But in truth, having fallen from this absolute reality, we have come and falling into the sphere of cause and effect of time and space and of contrasts of good and evil. All these things do not exist in the absolute reality of oneness. But here we do have that. And we have created what is called karma, which are negative uh, results of our actions, words, and, uh, and thoughts. And they are stored in our soul as well as in the, planet, uh, in the repository planets. So one way to undo our karma so that we can return, because it's all a question of returning back to divinity, the whole life we are doing is a pre pre prodigal son story of Jesus telling the prodigal son story coming back. This is all what we, this is about. So how do we return back? So we have to purify ourselves again. And we can do this in the so-called purification spheres as souls. But in the purification spheres, things take a long, long, long time. We do have the sense of timing. And also, we do not have the buffer of our physical body. Our soul doesn't have these buffers like here on earth. So all our karma that we experience out there can be very painful at times. So as a sort of lesson of grace, a gift of grace, we were given the opportunity to incarnate for a very, very short time to planet Earth. Very short time, let's say 70-some years, which is, I don't know, 30,000 days or whatever it is. It's extremely short compared to our, the fact that we are eternal beings and we are living in this slow time um, spiritual realm. So we, it's like for us going to the movies for two hours. It's very, very short. Mm -hmm. That's why here on Earth... That's one of the major reasons that this life here on Earth cannot be our true life, because it is simply too short. It is exactly like going to college or to school. It's a magnificent school. So here on Earth, we totally forget who we are. This is a veil of forgetness, forgetfulness. We totally forget that we have had many, many lifetimes where we have done some naughty and bad stuff at times, and also some good stuff. So we come here totally without any memory of past lives, and here we are suddenly. And here we now have to really come into contact with our deeper self, which is love, and have to and ideally learn to speak and act and think from the level of love, because that's the only way to return back the highest vibration back to love, which is the spiritual, the absolute reality. And, and for doing this, we are given before we incarnate. With either, together with our spiritual guide, we are having sort of a little session where we discuss together what are 
our most important and most pressing karmic issues we have to deal with, like we have to be forgiving, loving, or caring, and empathy. We also have a lot of negative karma, which we which has to be undone. So we look at this, and it will be shown to us: these are the difficult situation in your life when you are twenty-two and thirty-five. You will be in war. In with forty, you will have go through a divorce. At fifty-five, you will have a serious death situation. We will be shown all the critical moments in our life in a very rough way, not into great details, because we always have the free will to change anything, everything. So we agree to these things. They are basically like a very uh, strict ivory uh, college. Because if we want to learn something in an ivory college, we are ready to have a tough time and learn and study. And so we agree to this Ivory College. We incarnate here, forget everything, and there suddenly all the situation come up to us. And it's our task to always, most ideally, make any decision from the, the level of love. We have got the rules of life, which are the Ten Commandments, which are the Sermon on the Mount, and all put together basically in the golden rule, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. I mean, that that golden rule line in itself says everything. It's, it includes all, everything else. So here we are now in our very short experience here in on planet Earth, and we do our best. And unfortunately, most of us are not aware of it. And we think this is the only life we have. We do not, uh, many people do not believe that light exists after we have our physical death. And out of this, uh, we make a lot of uh, silly mistakes. It has also to do that we here on Earth, we see the separation. You and I appear differently. And so whatever happens to you is your problem. Whatever happens to me is my problem. And you just take it. In truth, we are all one and united. There's all great unity. But the separation makes me think that I do have the right to kill you if you have got a different view of life, if you understand life different, a different religion, a different race, or whatever different country. So I can go out and kill you. This is basically our life, uh, our Earth experience. And all of this makes no sense from a spiritual perspective. But here we play these sad games of tribalism. And um, so that's basically in a nutshell that we are here as um, all everybody we meet is a, is an angel, including ourselves, and everybody is here to help us. Every situation that that we are encountering is here to help us. It is all medicine, and nothing happens to us, but everything happens for us, which is also very important to understand that the most difficult situation, as horrific as it is, is nothing but a cleansing of karma or a lesson in compassion and love. That's, in a nutshell, the, uh, the, the uh, amazing Earth School. And in this video, when you see it, how it all connects, how our karma comes back to it, etc., and our encounters with other people, it may will make a lot of more sense than me describing it in words. Yeah, and I'll have a link to your some of your video. I'll have a link to your page and to some of the videos directly. Um, I, I think it's such a really interesting model. I guess I have one question um, because I, I I understand these soul agreements, and but I I also think sometimes we can use that as an excuse to walk away from something that we see in the world that's um, abusive. So, oh, it's just their soul agreement. You know, I I I I shouldn't I shouldn't help that person because it's just their soul agreement. They're going to work it out. And and so how do you how do you reconcile that? Is it my soul agreement then if I feel moved? to help this person? Well, my understanding is <clears throat> we have no right 
to judge or even speculate what happens with the other person, whether it's karma, whether it's soul agreement, whatever it is. We have zero right to do that in our mind or in our heart. We are here to help and assist and give love. If there is a form of help and a gift, we do this. Because it, whatever happens to the other person on the soul level is between them and God and not between mm -hmm. me. I have absolutely nothing to do with it. For me, I only see the situation. I am present in a situation where one person gets abused by another person because it is my opportunity to give love in whatever fashion I can do. Physical help or just in, even if you just send out a blessing, mm -hmm. a prayer. That okay. is maybe absolutely enough. We must never underestimate the, the power of prayer, a blessing. So there's, this is uh, the, the fact that I am encountering this situation, which doesn't affect me directly. There's a purpose for it. It is no coincidence. So I have to learn something from it. What does this situation tell me about myself? What are emotions coming up in me? Is there anger, vengeance? Is there frustration? Is there wanting to help? Whatever it is, that is happening for me. And whatever comes up in me is something which has a message only for myself. We cannot go to someone else and say, look, oh, this is probably your soul agreement that uh, just accept it. No, <laughs> that is not what I would call spiritual in any form or fashion. No, everything what happens to us around us is it has a message for us. And uh, the other people are guided by their own guardian spirits and so on. We can, of course, sometimes, we definitely can say to somebody, look, you're doing something wrong. Don't beat up that person. I mean, that is fine if that is what we feel moved. We can speak up and we should speak up if we see injustice and so on. But to make a speculation that this is just a soul agreement between two people is not up to us. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that because I can see I can see people could get kind of lazy and go, oh, everyone's got their own problems. It's their soul agreements and I've got my soul agreements. And that's something that I think our ego could be a, could kind of trap us. Sure. And, yeah. And so you mentioned this, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, I did watch your video on the Ten Commandments. I thought that was really great. Um, so who do you think Jesus was? Well, to me, it was an the, the Christ of God energy. God is basically the way I see it, seven energies, uh, found powers, we can call them. Their order, their will, their wisdom, their earnestness, their patience, their love, and mercy. These are the seven powers. And look, we have to see that the entire existence of life is nothing but vibration. When we speak about the heavens and absolute reality, when we speak on earth here, it's nothing but vibration. What we think, the material universe, there is no such solidity in any atom. The atom consists of waves and vibration and fluctuations. It is It becomes particles through our observation, but this is a totally different kind of subject. But basically, we are talking about vibration, high vibration, low vibration. When we speak about the absolute reality, we are speaking about the highest vibration of which love is the highest one. And the seven power, we can call them power. It is all vibration and it's nothing else than consciousness. It is energy, consciousness, vibration. The scientists call it the field of unlimited potentiality. It's all the same stuff, different words. And the Christ, which incarnated, this energy incarnated to that being whom we call Jesus, and that energy really manifested itself through Jesus and taught also um, the, the lessons of love, mercy, and uh, and, and uh, patience. Mm -hmm. And this... Uh, it's a long, uh, it's a long story. The story about the fall. I don't know whether we should go in there into details, but the fact is, Christ is here to was, I was our example, and also through his death, his uh, inheritance 
gave us what we call the Christ spark in each one of us, which is a trans transforming energy. When we do have negativity in our life, we go within to the light within and ask for transforming, for forgiveness. And this energy, the negativity with its karma, with its our negative thoughts, with our negative feelings, we can give within, go within to the Christ energy within us and have that transformed into a higher vibration. As I said, everything is nothing but vibration. You are just vibration. I am just vibration. And uh, But we are staying together as a consciousness on our own eternally so we are eternal beings but total thing is always a vibration it's always energy okay great i think that's so interesting i i always um, as a minister back when i was doing church i i always pointed out to people that jesus said so many times follow me follow me follow me that was that was said i i don't know i've not kind of everything he said but he talked a lot about loving enemies and you know loving neighbors and loving everybody but follow me was a big thing he said and that wasn't just to the people on the road to follow me on this path it was really follow me my life you know yeah. and my essence and um so there was just so much transformative power in in his life and i just like the way you explain it, I think that's really very interesting. Yeah, if you if you watch the the video on the Christ spark, I explained it in great detail. But it's difficult to explain it without visualization here. Over okay, there. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's but next on my list. Anybody was interested in that can can <laughs> look it up and see how the energies work together and make this whole thing happen. Yeah, I mean, I've always felt that he he shifted consciousness. I mean, the the light that he was shifted consciousness. It it kind of raised the roof on consciousness, or it gave us access to something else. And I think that's what maybe your price spark yeah. is. You, yeah. you reminded us who we are. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so this world we're living in, I think a lot of people can get really down on it and go, you know, this place sucks. I want out, <laughs> and it's horrible. There's evil forces, or or there's others who think that there's no evil. Um, but really, it's a privilege. It's really a privilege that we've been given this opportunity to grow in in much bigger ways than we could have in other ways. So the short amount of time we're here, we have the opportunity in this blink of time to 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 live our lives, to reactivate ourselves as love, and to kind of clear our karma. Is that right? You said it perfectly. I have okay. nothing to add. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. It is a privilege to be here. And it's very tough to remember that when we are really down, 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 down. Yeah. That we are, that this is a privilege. It doesn't look too privileged. But even an illness, for instance, is nothing but an outflowing of karma. We are relieved from it. It's like having a high debts of $100,000. And suddenly this debt is suddenly shrinking, 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 disappearing, and you are free of that debt forever. Yeah. And that's basically what an illness is. This is what a difficult situation is, whatever we, we ever we find. And nothing happens to us but for us. I know it is usually our fear of the negative things, not so much when we are in it. It's when we are in it, we actually know what to do because there's usually one solution only. I lost my job. If I now need a new job, I go out and find a new job. But our fearing of ever losing our job or losing our money is really what gives us the pain and problem because our we are driven by our ego and our ego uses our comfort. And when we speak of fear, mostly it has to do with fear of loss of comfort. That means the comfort of my body, my wealth, mm -hmm. my status, whatever it is. It's a fear of comfort. 
But when we are faced with it, we are usually very resourceful and we know. I think Bashar had this wonderful line, hope I get it right. Abundance is nothing else than being able to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. It has nothing to do with money, it has nothing to do with health and so on, but being able to do what needs to be done. And that is uh, something which we all somehow have. We always know what the next step is. I remember very well one biography of a famous German a movie star, she had to flee uh, in the Second World War from the East to West, and they had nothing, just only survival thing. And she said that was the most interesting, she didn't say beautiful time, but she says, boy, I was. we were so relieved. We had no choices. We knew exactly what to do from day to day. Just we knew what to do. There were no choices. I never had to struggle of thinking, shall I do this? Shall I do that? There was no choices. There was only one way to go. And I think sportsmen do that too as well when they race a car or something very fast. There are no choices. There's only one way to do it. And that clears the mind. And it's actually a very good feeling. Yeah, I think a lot of those uh, hero movies look like that. There's just one choice. You know, you can either go that way or yeah. you know, something always just happens and then you go that way. And um, so it's like a hero's journey. Um, that's beautiful. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think fear, you say fear of loss of comfort. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that. I've, uh, people usually say the primal fear is, is fear of death. And I, I think that's really interesting. The same thing, that, the fear yeah. of comfort of my body. I'm losing fear of my body. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And fear is something that's really, um, it's just something that, I don't know, the powers that be, the the media, they like to, <laughs> they like to fan our well, fear. <laughs> fear is our ego and the negative forces. They use fear because we are oozing out negative energy. And this negative energy, what we use out when we are in a fearful state is exactly the energy, the loose energy, what the negative entities, which we call demons or whatever you would call, live off, then live off our energy. So they are very interested in us to have negativity uh, and, and uh, be fearful, be worried, be concerned. That is wonderful feeding ground for negative entities. Yes. We are not aware of it, yeah. but this is how we attract them and they use us and, and give us fearful messages with the internet or media, wherever we are com constantly bombarded with negative news, with really a drop, drop, drop kind of thing of negative, negative, and negativity. And it's it's we can really get down with it. But the more we get down with it, the more the energy work on us until we really land into self-pity, which is one of the lowest form and the most difficult stages to get out of. And then yeah, we can really sort of, and some people say the only way to is to to escape from this world. And we have got this incredible high rate of suicides. Yes. And uh, that is a sad, sad way, like because people are don't are not aware why we are here, and that is only a very short time. And the reason why we are going through that negative time. But fear be, become aware of it. We shouldn't be guilty by being fearful, but look at the fear. What is this fear? It's usually a form of the excitement as well. If we turn it around, it's just only in our head we are afraid of something instead of saying, oh, I lost my job, my, my home, or whatever it is, or I will be losing it. Wow, maybe now a new world can open up for me, something new, something better. Sometimes a question of attitude, not easy to do when we are faced and we have to feed a family of uh, five children or whatever. It is very powerful and we are also very sick, but it is there's always something to be grateful for. This is one of my video on grateful, even in the darkest moment, to really chase the demons of fear away is to focus on the one or two or five elements we can truly be grateful for. The moment we do this, we create an armor around us. 
Mm-hmm. And our whole body and our vibration, it's all vibration energy again, comes into a totally different vibration. And it keeps the negativities away for that moment as long as we focus on gratefulness. The power of gratefulness is understated and underestimated so far. It is a powerful, powerful tool because it brings us, we are what we think about. If we think about fearful thoughts, and we are a fearful person. If we are grateful thought, we are a grateful, uh, grateful person. And the grateful person is a person who is very protected, who is in a much higher degree at all uh, releases the the, the happiness uh, uh, serums in, in the brain, et cetera, et cetera. On my video, you see it all in detail. Um, yeah, so that is a one way, for instance, to get out of fear, at least temporary. And with temporary, step by step, you can go more and more out. Yeah, I really wondered if, I mean, anytime, but particularly in the last couple of years when everyone was so fearful of COVID, I just wondered if, what, what if we just all went out and just played? It's like, what, you know, like, Whatever, you know, because life isn't, is eternal and isn't just my body in this, this lifetime. It's like, I, I just feel that that fear just took over our, our, our world so much. And I think we lost a lot, but um, maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was a very difficult point for anybody to make up their mind. What is right? What is real? What are the right news? What are the bad news? It was not well, uh, well, it was done on purpose, I guess, the confusion. I think the problem was more the confusion than the illness. Yeah. Uh, as, as as horrific the illness was, because I've lost people and friends and so on. Others, many have lost people, died uh, on COVID. So that is a horrible loss. But it is only a horrible loss for the survivor, because we are the ones who are mourning. Do we really know what happens to the soul who has passed on and died? Can we really feel sorry for them where we don't even believe in life after death or what happens to us? So when we speak about sorrow, mourning, and grieving, we are only talking about ourselves. We're not mm-hmm. talking about the soul who died or the loss we have to digest. And there's nothing wrong with it. I, I don't want to put this in any form negative. We all have to go to a healing and adjustment period. But we must be aware that we are talking and feeling these emotions for ourselves and it has absolutely nothing to do with the other person. Saying that he or she should have lived longer, do we know that their life would have been really so much better, etc., etc.? Do we know who are we? Are we God? Can we say there's definitely you have to stay here because life is great for you here? Ah, I look around, life isn't great for everybody. Everybody has to carry their own kind of issues and clear their issues. So it's a tough school, as we said earlier. So when if somebody graduates earlier than we do, we'll cry. But in the <laughs> right. college time, if somebody graduates, we have a party, we throw a party. In the olden days, the early Christians celebrated. And there are a lot of other kind of groups, spirit groups who celebrate a death. I mean, you don't have to dance on the coffin, but but even that has been done. I just really season saw a movie <laughs> from Ghana where they really dance, a coffin burial, are dancing sort of in the mood for the for the person. So, so there's a lot of lot of wonderful thing. And the same is also in New Orleans and so on. And in Irish, it's sort of you celebrate and on some level the, uh, the death of a person. But we are so afraid of death because most of us, many of us do not believe that life continues after death. Mm-hmm. And this is a final curtain. So therefore, it's horrible. We must avoid it by all means. Yes. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, if COVID wasn't just a lot of souls saying, you know, it's time for me to go. Yeah. Yeah, graduation. Time for me to go. I've it's graduation day. <laughs> I've done my thing. I'm yeah. done moving on. Uh, okay. So um so let's talk about the projection and the forgiveness video. I, I really um I really think forgiveness is 
something that people really misunderstand. And I, I would love to get people on my podcast to share deep forgiveness um, stories because it's, it's rare. It's rare that people want to share that. But I think that we just really misunderstand forgiveness. So do you, can we talk a little bit about uh, how you frame forgiveness? Yeah, in my video, I tried again explain the visually, <clears throat> but let's let's make it very let's make, give it a try. As I said earlier, everything is a vibration. We are vibration, and when we have, for instance, whatever we think about, we feel about, and so on, is a vibration that we send out. For instance, if I continuously have a low self-esteem about myself, I am not worth it. I shouldn't be doing this. Everybody's against me. Nobody loves me, etc., etc., etc. I really hate myself. I, etc. Beating myself up continuously—that is an energy that I send out continuously, and like attracts like. So naturally, somebody comes is attracted by what I send out, who actually physically does that what I do to myself. For instance, that person can actually beat me up, like in a spouse beating, for instance, physically. He comes as an angel not to really hit me and hurt me, but to wake me up. He is expressing what I have repressing in myself. So that person who hopefully wakes me up, what I, I suddenly understand, oh my God, he is doing the very same thing that I've been doing to myself, is actually somebody who holds a mirror to myself and says, look, you have been really doing this horrible thing to yourself all the time. It's time to wake up. And when we understand that the other person is not necessarily coming out of ill will or sort of to harm us, but, but to remind us, suddenly the whole thing changes. Everybody else who comes into our life and who we think does something horrific to us is there for a specific reason. As we said earlier, we, we come here, we know exactly the, inter, the, the important situations in our life that can be very difficult importance, like being hurt, being uh, harmed, being stolen from whatever we we may experience, uh, which we find difficult to forgive, is no coincidence. It is a lesson in love and nothing else. So we have to see that the person who took our purse and robbed, uh, robbed us is another person who has a lesson of love to give to us. Maybe we were too attached to our possessions. It could be that. Or maybe we stole from other people as well. That is also possible. It could be a karmic relation. There are many reasons why things happen to us, but they never ever happened to us, but for us. So every lesson uh, we can learn from this is always for us to wake up. And when we see this, that the other person is not the evil incarnated here to do something horrible to me, but is somebody who helps me to wake up, then everything shifts and we suddenly can see him more as a teacher, as a coach, as somebody who wants the best for us. As I said in the Amazing Earth School, the situation we are coming in here are just like a teacher who is giving us a test or try and find out how good we are. And are we afterwards going and sue that teacher and blame him for the hardship he put us through? No. In the school, we take it as accepted. This is part of school. Here, it's the same thing. It's part of waking up to have sometimes very challenging situations, as hard and as difficult as they may be. 
but they are there for us to wake. Everything is medicine. Everything is here to bring us home. But if we use this occurrence to become more angry, more revengeful, more hateful, etc., etc., we use it unfortunately not as a wake-up, but something which actually burdens ourselves with it because we are so self-centered. Um, as somebody once said, the absolute refusal to hold ill will against someone or something for what they did or not do, didn't do, that is really forgiveness. To refuse to hold ill will against anybody whom we think they've done something bad to us. That's not easy. When we really feel legally right, they've done this to us, and otherwise emotional society right, they shouldn't do this. Uh, it's very, very difficult. But I always found that if we have a difficulty, uh, when if we have difficulties to forgive someone else, because we like to hold on to the grudge, it gives us uh, some form of self-importance. Uh, some uh, look how right I am, how mm -hmm. bad that person is. Self-righteousness, and if we forgive from the self-righteousness, says, "All right, I forgive you. Uh, you you just failed. Uh, you just sort of made a mistake. But I'm the better one, and you are not. That's not forgiveness. That's showing your ego. It <laughs> has nothing to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness must come from a totally different level. Understanding that the other person is part of you, and it's help to to help uh, help you to to wake up, and it has to come from love and the true, really acceptance that uh, there isn't. I will not keep keep any ill." from the person because if we keep a person uh, if we don't forgive a person we keep them like in a prison and people like to hold on to their revenge because our ego likes to show off look i hate my brother-in-law i hurt my aunt or whatever it is or my colleague do you know it gives us a self-importance and also shows the world that i'm better than they are they're all bad and they're etc so my self-identity is based on how whom i criticize and whom i who i feel has hurt me and if I now suddenly forgive, wow, what would all these people think of me, whom I told all the time that my mother-in-law is the most horrible person in the world, and suddenly she isn't anymore. People think I'm crazy. So we hold on this re stupid reason like that. The other reason why we hold on is because we are afraid of change. The moment we forgive somebody, everything shifts, and everything develops much faster. Suddenly, this, it's like a curtain opens up, and life becomes really far more adventurous and very different, and people are scared of that. I'd rather hold on to the devil I know than to the uncertainty that may come to me if I truly forgive. But if I hold on to somebody and do not forgive, I tie my soul to that soul. And I show that in my video not only in this lifetime, in many, many lifetimes until I forgive. And that is the only way how this, this bondage between us two can be released through forgiveness. It is very important. And the same applies also if I've done something wrong to someone else and that person is unwilling to forgive me, that holds me to that person. That person eventually, uh, after many, many incarnations and a lot of pain, hopefully will forgive. But I say in my video that it is my understanding and my belief that we can ask Christ or God, if Christ is too alien from some of your listener viewers, to please help us so that mm -hmm. the other person forgives us. We have to leave it to the higher powers who are imaginably stronger than we and ourselves will and do something. And you know what happens very often, which is very, very interesting. I've seen it many, many times. A person says, I will not forgive that person forever they're done. 
they do within a very short time something crazy. They suddenly start in unintentionally or whatever, hurt somebody, have an accident, whatever it is, and feel utterly guilty. And they want to be forgiven for what they do. They suddenly feel how the other person feels for the first time. And they see the need for forgiveness. They want to hear from the other person whom they have harmed that they are forgiven because they feel so guilty, they feel so bad. And that is a very new feeling for the person who couldn't forgive until now. And that may help them to forgive also the one who they ha who have hurt them. Does it make sense? Oh. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So you've seen that happen. That that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually you can really count the days. <laughs> uh, so but I, there, are, there are also many other ways, of course. If you ask divinity to interfere, the person may have some insight of, of, of forgive us and so on. And let's not forget the person. Very often, I get a lot of emails. But what happens when the person who has harmed or who I have harmed has died? Again, uh -huh. death does not exist. We can't continue. I always believe do not go directly to the person, go to Christ and ask Christ to intervene for you on behalf of the person. The reason is because we do not want to attach anybody to us from the other side unnecessarily. Okay. We do not want to make an unnecessarily connection to a person closer than is necessary because we can bind them, etc. It's not a good idea. I have a whole chapter on this one about how we just let go of these souls as soon as possible because they can be earthbound, they can be possessive soul, etc. So let Christ or the energy of Christ be the one, the medium for us to help us to clear this up on our behalf. And trust in that is going to be done. If you leave it with him, he will do that. And we feel it. Very nice. Very nice advice. So, I mean, what I see in our society, I see that there's um, there's something going on that just wants to stew up victimhood. You know, you've been victimized. You've been victimized. You've been wronged. And, you know, these people are wrong. And and um, I'm I'm guessing that that would be the um, the negative entities or whatever that might be stirring that up. <laughs> um, no, it's our, our ego funds. It's, I always yeah. have my... My practice is it happens in the 60s when suddenly everybody was studying psychology uh -huh. and the lawyers. So the psychologists and lawyer then grew up and they had they made a pact and says, let's sue your parents, let's et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> because they were abused. They were... Because America is a land of pioneers. The white right. people came here as pioneers. They were really every obstacles they were able to conquer. They built big cities. They were, there was not an American victimhood. It was not an American attribute. It was totally, right. totally alien. It started after the 60s, and suddenly the psychologist says, oh, you were abused as a child. Your parents didn't do it perfectly right. They didn't body train you in time and all that nonsense. <laughs> and so suddenly we feel guilty. And yes, there are people who definitely are harmed by other people. There is no question about that. Mm -hmm. And it looks awful and looks terrible. And as I said earlier, if we can help, we do help. The, the people are get hurt by other people is a fact. Whether victimhood on a spiritual level exists is another question. As I said earlier, this could be arranged. Again, it's not for us to speculate. But if it happens to us, we can only deal with ourselves. If I feel victimized by my spouse, by my parents, by my colleague, by my brother, and so on, I have to look at myself. What have I attracted? How do I do it? How do I... Whatever happened to me is also happening in myself. What am I doing to myself? What are my thought patterns? What is this reflecting to me? Because the outside world is nothing but a big mirror of ourselves. We only see ourselves. As the Talmud said, we do not see how the world is. We only see the world how we are. And that is very important to see that everything what we experience in the outside world, which has gives us an emotional charge, is something 
reflecting back to us, which we have to clear up. Anything what we see out there which gives us an emotional charge, we have to clear up. Whether we watch television, we see war scenes, we see anything else, and it gives us an emotional charge, usually a negative charge. That means we have, here is something, because from moment to moment, the karma, karma the, the karmic planets unloading the karma back to us in small little increments. And at every moment, they say they arrange, they arrange the fact that we do see the television screen at this time, and we see a scene there which suddenly brings up an emotion. This is a moment, the moment for us to bring that emotion into love. So continuously, we got, uh, we get what the building blocks of the day. I explained it in my video, the amazing Earth Life, Earth School that are the building blocks of every day. Every day has, is a different for everyone different else in this world and it consists of the building block of karma that we have uploaded a long time ago in previous lifetimes. And they are now coming back slowly, slowly, slowly in small increments and we can deal with it. But if we are asleep, if we ignore it, if we use the negative energy and become more negative, we're building up more karma. The answer is always love. And love is not an emotion. Love is who we are. Mm, I love that. The answer course, is always love. It's, yeah. it's romantic love, which people think, but it's a totally different story. About no, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I when it when I start to feel overwhelmed by the world, or something happens, and I start to feel that oh, this has happened to me. I need to remember. No, this is happening for me. I need to go inside and look at what uh, what thoughts I have inside me. That, that would be attracting this, and then be grateful that this mirror has been shown to me yeah. um, so that I can kind of dispel all of this. What and, message does it have to me? Yeah. yeah what message? Find it, we can, uh, in our prayer or whatever, go within and ask us, look, I, this happened. I have no idea why this happened. Guide me to find out what it is. What can I do to undo it? Yes. People say that all about why. I don't know why. I don't know why good people get ill. You know, why, why do all the good people get hurt? And it's like, it's, it's more complicated than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but who, yeah. but we think God is good is not necessarily good from a spiritual level. Right, right. right. We don't know and, why people do good things. Sometimes doing good can be a totally egoistic kind of action. No kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> this idea, I've, I used to say that all the time in church, this idea that I am good, it's an ego trap. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, like, it's like bestowing forgiveness. Like I can bestow forgiveness to you, yeah. you know, as you yeah, talked about. Yeah. It's pumping Look ourselves perfect. up. I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look That's at the old fashioned forgiveness. Yeah. I, let me see, where do we want to go? Do we want to go to projection? Um, you did kind of covered it. Projection is, I mean, we're projecting when we feel an, emer an emotional charge. Is that correct? I mean, like somebody. No, we, not only. No, well, that's when we notice it as a, but we project it all the time. The okay. world we see outside earlier is nothing else but a mirror of ourselves. We only see two people go to a different place. They only see themselves. All right, we we agree that there are other people in this room, but the one one so sees only negative, ang ang angry people. The other one sees always happy people because we only see what is in ourselves. So two people only see, nobody sees the same thing outside world. We have to mm -hmm. accept that we only see ourselves. It's like a big mirror mirror thing. What do I have about here? Uh, for those who look at this, who can see your video, I've got this little toy with the little guy inside and outside there are all these mirrors. And this is exactly how we live. We live in our mirror. And this mirror is actually nothing else in our aura. Our aura consists of images that our, our soul has stored. And we only can see 
the images that we are projecting. Basically, we see ourselves, our own ego, our, the whole world, our cocoon that we have created. And the only way to overcome this is by clearing up our karma and going within, because the kingdom of God is not out there, it's in us. And the key is to go within through prayer, time of meditation, and find all the resolution, all the solutions and everything else in ourselves and also the conversion of the negativities to wake up. So that is basically the path. But the uh, law of projection works quite simply that when I see, when I am, there's anger in me, I see anger outside in the outside world. The moment I look on the television screen, the anger, <gasps> when somebody crosses in the car, drives uh, sort of uh, close to, to my, too close to my car, I get angry, road rage, whatever it is. These are all reflections coming back to me. That happens at the moment, and I have to understand why is this happening. It has nothing to do with the outside world. It's happening in us. Every time I have an emotional reaction, there's something happening. There is a message for me. Why is it so? Why am I angry? What am I afraid of? What, what is my thought pattern? Why am I here? And I clear that up within myself. We have to, it's, it's like, an, like an old video movie running all the time. These are all our programs. Everything what we have stored for years and years, all our belief system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They continuously run in our mind, continuous with our thoughts and thought. And we see, look into the world, and we see all our own movie, 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 movie. And if there's something wrong out there, it's not in the movie; it's in us. Mm -hmm. The it's it's uh, what does it say? We think we uh, oh, I don't get it right anymore. I don't remember. But what we see in the outside world, we think what. Well, Seeing is believing. It's the other way around. Believing, believing is what is we're seeing. seeing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Our mm -hmm. belief creates what we see. Mm -hmm. And what we see out there is this. So we have to change our belief. We have to change something within ourselves. And that is a blessing that we see in this world only ourselves. So, but what if what if I see somebody, like right now I'm seeing a woman walking a dog. I guess I'm seeing a woman walking a dog. I have no charge with that. It's kind of like I'm just observing. Wonderful. It's Wonderful. just. <laughs> no, no, I could. Now, see, this is my question, though. Now, I, I can make a story up about this. Oh, yeah. she looks like she's having a great day. Look at that. She must love dogs. I love dogs. You know, I could do that. I could go, oh, my gosh, her dog's crapping on the lawn. Or, you know, so so it's it's the way in which, so first of all, I'm just observing. Yeah. And it's the way in which I interpret her walking yeah. the dog is kind of shows me, shows me what's inside me. Interpreting comes after the emotion, after okay. the sensation. Sort of the woman, the, the dog is crapping on your lawn. You're not even thinking before you say there is already this anger coming up in you. And then you say, oh, this is, she shouldn't be doing this. Instead of thinking, oh, maybe it's manuring my lawn. How lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm so that it, person. At <laughs> first comes the, the sensation. When we see something, the sensation comes from our soul. So then we see something and then, of course, immediately goes to our brain and we interpret it according to our old patterns. This is bad. Not manuring this is bad. Shouldn't do it. It's my right. It's my lawn, etc. So all these things come up, and then I don't know what the message is in this particularly. But if we are angry about it, we have to say, so where do I poop on other people's lawn? I right. mean, where do I make a, go into homes and tell them what they should do and and leave my my own ego in their property? It does can be on many many different levels. Yeah, where do I leave my own smell? <laughs> yeah, my own smell, my own ego. Where do I leave my own ego behind? And uh, so it's on many many levels, and we usually are finding it very very quickly. There is no exception to that rule. This is what I find the most stunning thing about it. And I've been knowing this a law for forty years or what more than forty years, and. I remember long, long time ago, I had a very close friend who was an alcoholic, but not a real 
permanent alcoholic, he was allergic to alcohol. When he drank a bottle of beer, half a bottle of beer, he was drunk and he was funny and silly and, and everybody loved him. But I was embarrassed because what an idiot am I hanging out here with and so on. <laughs> it's a, and I said to myself, all right, he's drinking. It upsets me, the alcoholism. But I know I'm not an alcoholic. I mean, I've got all the vices in the world, but alcohol is just not it. I love my glass of wine every night with dinner and I can have even two. But I've been drunk a few times in my life. It's not worth it. I just It just has no appeal to me. And it says, so I finally found an exception of the law of correspondence. I finally say so that this can't be true. So that doesn't make sense. But there was this voice and he said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> keep looking, keep looking. Yeah, keep looking. And so I went into deep meditation, and it took me quite a while. It didn't come suddenly. And suddenly one day I got the message very clear. It says, look, you're not upset about his alcoholism. You are really touched by the way that he is so funny and silly and making <sighs> a fool of himself. You grew up in Germany where we are very stiff and very rigid, like cold fish in a way. You have all your life knowingly are unknowingly held back about making a fool of yourself. You were so, you're tight, uptight. He is showing you, loosen up, do a little bit of some silly stuff. That is the message. It wasn't the alcohol. It was a message. He reminded me of my own tightness, of my own kind of German severeness. And I found that very interesting. So it is always, always, the law of projection is always in existence. Whenever we upset about another person in our life, in the uh, I have a wonderful video, I think, also on family, on Thanksgiving coming up. Anybody who wants to, yeah, uh, that is really a video I send out every time before Thanksgiving because that's where really whatever hits the fan happens when, when different political ideas and so on come together at a dinner table and so on. And this is all about the law of, pro law of rejection. It is all, everybody is there to help each other to wake up. But it doesn't look that way at the dinner table when they really are sort of uh, didn't like each other, don't, et cetera, et cetera. So that is our family is our immediate mirror. Everybody in our family is reflecting back to us what we have to clear. They incarnated on purpose with us to give us a difficult time to reflect back to us what is in us. Yeah, I've got to think about this. I've got to watch that video because I know with our family, we just we just gotten to a point where we just don't talk about certain things. Well, that may be a wise thing to do as well. You don't have to force uh, the issue, but <laughs> we don't uh, have to force if them. there are these underlying kind of emotions, <laughs> it's still you know, I'm loving, I like you, I love you, but I hate you. Then, of course, <laughs> it's worthwhile to look into it and says, why do I really resent my Uncle Joe because he is so so and so and so on, etc. Because her party believes this is as where am I doing the same thing? Yes. Where am I judgmental? Where am I uh, want to dominate others? Where I want to do whatever the, whatever I find of, of a, a, yes. a destructive yes. in the other person's party, a belief system, or religion can be the same thing. Um, where am I doing the same thing? And if we are honest, we are doing it. We are doing it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any charge because the other family member sits right next to that Uncle Joe. And they don't have the problem with him. All right. He speaks a bit funny, but let him talk and let him have on. It's just not touched by it. So it can't be Uncle Joe. It can only be me. Yes. Yeah. I think all these, this is really great because it's, they're all, they're all, it's all just, we have to remember whenever we feel anything, any kind of emotional response like that to pause. And I, I don't know, I don't know where the advice is and how to get that pause, but there's got to be that pause and then, and then go, okay. This is a sign. This is a red flag. <laughs> this is this is the universe telling me that I need to look at something in me. And if we all did that, that'd be wonderful. But 
it's not about everyone doing it. It's about me doing it, right? It's about, right, right. And and it's it's so easy for me to go or anybody to go to, well, if the whole world just did this, everything would be better. You can't do anything about the whole world. It's only me. So I need to find this discipline within myself to every time I feel a victimizer, every time I have an emotional response like that, uh, emotional charge to to pause and go, okay, I've got it. This is a gift. Thank you. That's why I make the video. So remind myself continuously. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. here to to be wake up all the time and do this for for myself. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so, where, what would you? How would you like to close? I'm going to give you the last words of, of whatever you want to talk about. Although I'm, I'm tempted to ask you about the golden rule. <laughs> let me ask you really quickly about the golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> because the golden rule, as I see it, applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everyone, like it doesn't stop just at my family, my nation, my group, humanity, because mm-hmm. I really believe that the gold rule extends to animals and to the extent we can, trees and everything of all life. Yeah. Do you definitely. think that was the intention? That's, you, I mean, because most religions don't, most, every religion has a golden rule and every yeah. religion is not necessarily following a golden rule because yeah. they stop it right at their own tribe. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. It's always for the other people to follow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is the moment we do the follow rules. We don't create negative karma, and we we, we just live in, in harmony, not only with ourselves and other people, but also with the animal world. We don't harm them, we don't hurt them, we don't kill them, and the same with the plants and so on. We use wisely, and and so on. We do not rape the earth as we are presently doing. Uh, uh, all industry and everybody is is doing horrific stuff to the to the planet for selfish reason and goal and money. We will not, wouldn't do this if we just followed by this one rule. So life isn't all that complicated. Mm-mm. We have a very simple, straightforward rule. And uh, we don't need much, to, we don't need teachers or preachers. We don't need churches, synagogues or whatever. We really have everything there in us. And our conscience tells the same thing. We have the consciousness. That's, a, I think, a very important point as well. Every time we die, we are going and have a, a review of our life and we see and feel the negative things that the, the things which we haven't really solved correctly where we have hurt somebody where we have <clears throat> done the uh, done the wrong choices where we have created more karma that we will feel emotionally in our soul and it can be very painful these life reviews for some people but that is done on purpose because that is a memory <clears throat> which we will carry into our new life so when we next time see somebody in a similar situation, that memory vibrates in us, in our conscience, and says, us, don't do it again. You have done this foolish thing last time. You don't remember the details because you mustn't remember the details, otherwise you will feel guilty and bad. But I will give you that memory of emotion, of feeling. And that should stop you enough to no longer hurt this person in some way or the other. So we've got so much given to us. Mm. And... The way to closing is, I, I really think, also believe very strongly that we are never, ever, ever alone. Our spirit guides are with us all the time, or if they're not with us, they're connected at least with us, because they also have their own things to do. But they're always connected with us. We also have divinity, we have got Christ, we have God. We can communicate with them all the time, anytime, in our heart, in our mind, or in our meditation, in our prayer. We are not. We have got this enormous power which helps us to go through the most difficult situations. And even if they don't heal us immediately and give us a new job and a new home, 
they can definitely soothe our mind and our soul so that we can swim and row our boat a little bit more peaceful for the next uh, for the next step. And I think that is important to remember that we are not alone. And if we are ever finding ourselves in a negative emotion, feeling in a dump sort of in a way, let us remember, be grateful for at least one, two, three things in our life right now. So let's think about, oh, I'm, I'm grateful that I've got hands to, to write and feel because there are many people who don't have hands and I don't have a house I can't see and hear. Even Keller, Helen Keller said after having been born healthy and then got these awful illnesses that you couldn't see and hear anymore, she says, I'm grateful for my handicaps because my, through my handicaps I found God. Hmm. So in all the negativity, there's always a wonderful teaching in it. And we are like a diamond, a raw diamond. If we see ourselves as a raw diamond, um, the cutter, the grinder, and the polishers would be like demons, like horrible people to do that to us. How dare they do that? Polish us, cut us. But without their work, we would never be this shining, brilliant diamond. We would never show how brilliant we are. We need the cutters, the grinders, and the polishers in this lifetime to help us to be the sparkling diamond. Ah, that's brilliant. Hans, this was such a great hour. And I just have to say, I think you're an amazing, gifted messenger. And I mean, there's so many things that you teach that I've also taught, but you're so you're very, very, very effective. Your videos are phenomenal. And I'm going to be um, putting links to them on this uh, on the podcast page, on the YouTube page. And I just hope that your work gets con continually expanding in the world because the message is so bright, so so brilliant, and reminding us who we are, the powerful beings that we are, and snapping us out of this ego stuff that we get in, and and the um the 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 pull of the external world and the fears and all of that. So, thank you so much for the work you do and for spending this time with me. Thank you, Carol. I really enjoyed that, and I. I also wish you all the best because we are doing phenomenal work as well through your podcast, bringing people's different wider visions and views and different aspects from other people to their homes and understanding. I think that's very powerful so that we don't become too narrow in our understanding and seeing people. So you have a long, wide range of people, you and guests who bring all interesting stuff. And uh, I think that's wonderful. That's very, very helpful where we have become so polarized in our life to really yeah. keep our mind open and wide. Yeah, I, I mean, God shows up in cats. so many ways. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love your cats running around. <laughs> <laughs> those, are my, those are my daughter's cats. I'm in her apartment. <laughs> Carol, thank you so much. It was a delight. I wish you all the very, very best. Thank you. Yeah, you too. You too, Hans. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being.